And we are back. This is episode 94 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast for what is it, uh, Wednesday, July 16th of 2014. I am your host, Dan Skullcrusher, intro and outro music today by Jackson Heights' own Anthrax. And I know they're not from Jackson Heights, but uh, today I'm joined by Klaus and uh, Mike, as usual. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Mike first. Great. How are you? I am doing well. And Klaus, how are you doing? Better than Mike. I'm sure. I'm sure you are. Uh, Mike, you were in London recently um, to to do some work stuff. But uh, were you there? Did you did you get a chance to uh, witness any tour shenanigans? I did not. You did not. So you were no. in London while the tour was there, and you didn't even see it go by. No, I wasn't there yet. Oh, you were there right after. Yep. Oh, Klaus, you were also in London recently. Were you there during the tour? I was. And did you see any of the tour shenanigans? No, I was at the airport waiting for Mike. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did. I did. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But neither of you guys were there specifically because of the tour. Or with each other, you both just happen to have been there for different reasons at the same time as the tour and each other. That's right. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up, people. Yeah, it was weird to, to see Mike, and it was, uh, it was very good to, to see him. Yep. And while we were there, we met, we met actual human beings that listened to this thing. That's right. Wait, in London? Yep. Yeah. Like people at that Rafa like, HQ. Like yeah. real, wait, 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 like real, like British people? Yes. Real British people that actually listen to this, which made me self-conscious because sometimes I think that this just goes into the ether and it's just me talking into a computer. But then I realized I saw actual people that listen to this. I've met a couple of those crazy people, but he, but these these crazy like English people, did they have accents and stuff? They Straight had up. accents. Yeah. Wow. They drove on the wrong side of the road. Oh my god! So they were for real, real. Mike, don't say wrong. <laughs> you just say the other side of the road. No, it definitely is the wrong side of the road. Without a doubt. No, it's, no, it's, it's like schedule it's not, and schedule. No, no, no. It's not that they're driving on the wrong side of the, 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 the road. The real problem is that the steering wheel is in the wrong side of the car. That's the main problem. Because if you think about it, if you're changing gears... You need your right hand in order to be able to do that. And when you're driving in awesome ways, the way I like driving, you also need to handle the handbrake, which should be done with the right hand and never with your left hand. So the problem is not that they are driving on the wrong side of the road. The problem is that their steering wheel is on the right, wrong side of the car. Oh, I see. I see. I never, yeah. never thought about that. But anyway, our website, blog, episode, show notes, receptacle is at speedmetalcycling.com. And also uh, there within is the name that Cyclist Project, which has been growing lately. Uh, and thank you to Mr. Matt Randall for actually asking, uh, starting to ask cyclists themselves to pronounce the, their The own. irony of that is you pronounce Matt Randall's name wrong. <laughs> Maybe I need to have him. You say, need to name that journalist. Yeah. Thing. Wait, wait, wait. How did he? It's Randall. Isn't it Rendell? Rendell. It's Rendell. Yeah, I think I'm pretty well, sure. Well, I just changed it. 
I'm gonna tweet him and, and ask him <laughs> to do that himself. But um, yeah, so so he has that one and uh, he's he's helping us, which is which is absolutely awesome. Because of course, I mean, as much as we appreciate Boris and all uh, our, our Vlad and all our international friends, uh, getting the guys to actually pronounce their own name is probably the best. The reason that I didn't do that to begin with is because my access to cyclists is you know, minimal, so um, it, would be, it would take a long time. So anyway, so check that out. You can check that out at name, name.cyclist.com or at speedmetalcycling.com. The other thing that I just recently added is the Speed Metal Cycling family is now offering graphic design services for designing jerseys, kits, event graphics, logos, and all that stuff. Between all of us, we have plenty of uh, experience and stuff. So you want to check, uh, you want more information on that, then there's also a link to that in the speedmetalcycling.com website. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Speed Metal Cycle, and email us, info at speedmetalcycling.com. Gents, there is a lot to talk about. Is there anything you guys want to say before we get talking about the Tour de France? Nothing. What could we say, what could we say before I have, the tour? I have so much to say. First of all... The Just, Tour of Austria, that's what we should be talking about. Uh, Dyer Quintana. Dyer Quintana is doing well. Like I, 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 actually, speaking of the Tour of Austria, Dyer Quintana is, it seems to actually be a real talent. I honestly really thought that the only reason he had gotten signed is because he was Naito's brother, but apparently... Well, that, that is why he got signed. <laughs> he had no real results in his amateur team in Spain or before that in Colombia. That's what I mean. But apparently he goes into the Tour of Austria and did really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has some Won the Queen there. stage. Yeah, and he finished second in the overall, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. He may have, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Well, whichever way. He won the Queen stage, which is awesome for him. Uh, Tour de France, uh, I'm going to real quick go through our uh, predictions from last week. I mean, not last week, but last episode. Klaus, you had Froome, now Contador, Nibali third, so all right. Mike, you had Froome, Contador, Talansky, I had Contador, Valverde, Rodriguez, so we are way off. Well, no one was counting on these guys crashing. Nobody was counting on, like, like everybody retiring from the race? Like yeah, all of a Cavendish sudden... Cavendish and Froome and Hernandez and Contador and Atapuma and uh, Xavi all, Sandio and everybody all else. All I know is that the Vuelta is going to be the most contested Grand Tour in history. Because <laughs> Contador already said, like... All right, that's it. That's where I'm going. Once I'm healed up, I'm going to the Vuelta. Rodriguez. If Froome wants to go, he's. I don't know what the hell's going to happen because Wiggins wants to go. Rodriguez yeah. is probably going to go. Betancourt, Quintana, and Duran will be there. Yeah. No, oh, no, I know. It's going to be insane. Tapas will be doing it. It's going to be his first Grand Tour. Atapuma might be healed up if they want him to do it. Uh, and Jesus Hernandez will be there probably. Yeah, Jesus will be there. Yeah, no, it's going to be absolutely nuts. But uh, let me ask you guys a question, though. Um, where, what what uh, outlets have you been using to watch the, the tour? Have you guys been watching it on Eurosport? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I want to talk about this Le Monde on tour. 
we've established before that we've met Greg LeMond and we all like him very much. So let's just start off. I'm going to start off by saying that. But in case you don't know, Greg LeMond is co-hosting a pre and post show uh, in Eurosport. And basically what Eurosport did, did was let's just grab as many people with weird accents as we can and then just throw them together in a show. And then somebody that doesn't speak any other languages other than English will have him translating the, the, the interviews. Because it's ridiculous that uh, my beloved Alessandra Di Stefano is working for Eurosport, interviewing the Italian guys, and then the moron that goes on there and like translates them makes up stuff. Like Eurosport loves doing that. <laughs> They're like, how was the stage today? Well, the stage was very difficult, mostly because of the weather. And then the, 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 the translation is... Today was a very long day, but my team did a really good job, and it's just insane. So if you watch your sport, please disregard any translation, because 80% of them are wrong. And I can tell you that from the Italian ones and the Spanish. It's like just well, what about Juan Antonio Fletcher? He's doing a bang-up job with those post-race interviews that are so awkward, and he doesn't know how to end them. Uh, yeah, I know. He just keeps going on and on and on. The guys are like, listen, Fletcher, I know you and you're cool, you know, but dude, I want to take a shower. He's, yeah, still, but... he's still talking to Ted King from yesterday. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of like, and this is sort of the, a big bugaboo with interviewers in general, right? Is that you're asking short, open-ended questions so that the person that you're speaking to fills in the blanks, logically. I mean, that's an oh, interview yeah, yeah, yeah. by well, definition, right? Let me, let me play a little something, something for you guys. <laughs> Greg LeMond trying to interview people is hilarious because as we've talked about before, he loves talking. So he does something that is really funny. He doesn't really – he can't come up with interesting questions. So he just kind of like starts talking without thinking about a question. And then he asks the question and then answers it himself and then realizes that. So tries to – Answer like an, uh, ask like another question. So listen to this one that I pulled from the from the show the other day. So I think Nicholas just said it's a slowdown of the of the race. But I what I'm impressed with you and and, and uh, Contador is the uh, importance of being in front. And I saw you yesterday leading Contador out. Um, it, it is about keeping out of danger. You know, at, at this point, uh, how does how how do you feel about Alberto's uh, going into tomorrow's stage and, and your ability to kind of what's your, like what's your role with with Alberto and the team, and is, is it the role to protect Alberto or lead him out, or you know, give me an insight on what you're doing for uh, with uh, or what Alberto can do and what your goals are? Well, um, I'm kind of multi multitask. That was uh, wow. That was, 19, that was a lot of questions. Nineteen point two seconds of Greg LeMond trying to ask Nicholas Roche a question, wait, and at wait, the wait, end, wait. the question was. What are you doing for Contador, basically? I, if we had a stenographer, if we had a transcript of that, how many question marks would there be? I think, honestly, he asked maybe six or seven questions. I, I'm not trying to make fun of uh, Greg Lamont. Well, kind of am, yeah. But um, this was absolutely not edited at all, and I'm sorry that the sound quality is kind of crappy because I basically just recorded it off of the TV. But, uh, yeah, it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible that, like I said, I mean, 20 seconds, basically, he's asking a question, then either answering it or not even giving him a chance to answer, but then, like, restating a question a different way, and then a completely different question comes on after that. It's hilarious. It's really, really, really funny. And I wonder if Eurosport even, like, gave 
Greg LeMond a chance to maybe take some classes or, or sit down with somebody and be like, dude, here's how you are supposed to act when you have a camera on, like, on See, you, like. And overall, though, from what I've seen, I, I don't mind it. Like, I think it's entertaining just to see him and his insights are interesting enough. The one, for some reason, it's Juan Antonio Flecha that makes me cringe because. Really? Yeah, because he's not asking questions. He's making statements. Like, he'll start with a question and then he'll say, but the weather was just really bad today. You know, it was a lot of rain. And I think he, he thinks he's still a rider in the race. He's, he's interviewing himself? Yeah, like. He's being interviewed. <laughs> that took like, place in Prairie Roubaix roads. And he's like, I'm on TV. Like. I give I, I give Lamond a pass because it's Lamond it's Lamond one point Like it's gonna take him a while to get. I yeah, in. but I mean, same thing for Juan Antonio Flecha. Listen, yeah, I that's give, true. Yeah. I give, the one person that I just the, the one thing that I cannot give a pass to is uh, what's his face, uh, Stefano Bernabino, and his colorful pants. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but tomorrow I'm going to be posting a new. Uh, I'm going to have a new post on the blog. And is going to be exclusively about Stefano Bernabino's pants because he wears a you different. Just say trousers for our British audience. I'm sorry, trousers, because uh, his pants are almost as amusing as his accent. <laughs> Why wouldn't Eurosport hire? I mean, I have nothing against Stefano himself, whatever you know. I mean, but other than other than his pants, but why wouldn't Eurosport hire somebody that that speaks English and that can actually help? Greg LeMond a little bit more with with what he's doing with, with 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 explaining to him and guide him a little bit more as somebody with experience I just don't understand that that's like the blind leading the blind on that show it's hilarious it is a little funny when uh, Jakob Fuglsang was on there and they asked him like five times how to pronounce his name and, and not only that but then they're like so what is your last name mean and what it's like bird song yeah of course and he got really fixated on that he's like he's he's really beautiful it's a beautiful name and then he's like oh you're a very handsome man yeah like, our female like viewers are really appreciating this and now we also know that your name is handsome because it's a beautiful song and they cut the Jakob Fuglsang with his plucked eyebrows and he was confused Confu as hell. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the word is going to spread rather quickly. Like, after the stage, just uh, uh, just absolutely, completely avoid anybody from Eurosport because they're going to sit you on that weird bench that is not a bench and ask you really weird questions. It's a trust system that is a semicircle with three cushions. It's so bizarre. And the stop sign. And the stop sign on the ground in a random bicycle somewhere nearby. I, yeah, I like how – I mean good for Greg to be like, uh, all right, so through the whole tour, you will carry that bike in the truck and set it up so that it will be there every time we talk. I mean listen. This is beats Phil and Paul by a landslide. That pre-show, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but if they're still doing it, it is horrible, horrid. Uh, so this is way better. But it's not quite the quality of what Rai does for the for the Giro, even though that one has its own idiosyncrasies as well. But uh, they have a whole stage set, like yeah, they bring a exactly, truck. and they have like two or three people there, and yeah, absolutely. It, it, this is like the beginnings of it. But Eurosport, I don't know what Eurosport is doing. They have a guy reading poetry during the what? What? 
Oh yeah, the poetry corner. I I honestly think that that's that came from last year. They just totally swiped our idea of the of the limericks that we did last year with the tour. I totally think that's what happened. But they, uh, they so totally took our idea of the trust system semicircle with three cushions, a stop sign, and a bike because that's how we're doing the show right now. <laughs> I am standing on a stop sign as we speak. Mike, are you comfortable in your small butt cushion? Yeah, it's, yeah. And then keep sliding around though. I know it is weird, and because we're short, it was built too high for us, so it's like a lower backrest. Yeah, it, bas- it basically your tramp stamp wrists right on the on the cushion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, and farther farther proof that they actually are monitoring our our podcast is the fact that, like, on the third or fourth stage, Lamont brought up that he ate fish and chips. Except he didn't call it fish and chips. He called it chip and fries. <laughs> no. I swear. Look it up. It's the first. If you can download this stage, it's the first stage they had in, in, in France. So they were talking about how because of like the complications there were with the ferry or whatever, yeah. uh, everybody came in super late. And Greg Lemont says that when he was in the ferry, he had some chip and fries. Well, maybe he just didn't want any. So here's my theory. He didn't want so any wait. fish. So he just asked for fries and fries? <laughs> yeah, and they were like, okay, like double portion, right. I guess. <laughs> he said chip and fries. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Tour of Le Mans, Le Mondain Tour, whatever you want to call it. That was uh, – I wanted to I wanted to discuss that. I mean, I'm really glad that you guys have been watching it on Eurosport and we could do that. And if you're not watching it on Eurosport – uh, if you're like watching uh, SBS or what, what's the what's the Australian SBC SBC SBS CWI and, uh, and or if you're watching the Phil and Paul disastrous the, like horrible slaughter, then I'm sorry for you. Uh, you should be watching it on Eurosport and enjoying the the quality programming and Even poetry. In England, I was watching. Online illegal feed of Eurosport. Oh, really? even in England? That's <laughs> yeah. how ironic. Yeah. yeah well, no. It would be ironic I, if you were watching the NBC Sports Phil and Paul butchery of the. Oh, I, I, actually, I think the Phil and Paul also go to. That feed also goes to Australia. You know how they do like the. They do like some stuff and then they like one of them shuts up and then the other one talks while the other one's talking yeah. to another. They do like all this bullshit that makes all their. Bullshit be even more bullshit. I'm sorry, I'm yeah, hurting so much. ITV three or something. Four. I think, had the first three stages, and they had the Phil and Paul show. Like, I mean, it was Phil and Paul doing uh, what do you call it? Play by play or whatever the hell. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've gotten oh, a couple of emails. I've gotten a couple of emails recently saying that we're cursing too much. And not that I normally care what people have to say, but I really am trying not to curse. Just in general, in my general life. Mike, stop cursing. Uh, yes, um, please. On, I think, Tuesday. So, yeah, Tuesday of last week. <clears throat> and BBC One, I think it was, starting at like 10 at night, had like an hour and a half of just random old bike-related footage with like classical music over it. What? And sometimes the classical music would kind of go down so that you could hear the talking. 
It was the most bizarre. I mentioned this to a friend here in the United States, and he said that it sounds like an ideal like thing if you if you do drugs and you're really stoned, you would just sit there and just like whoa. Because yeah, there's no there's no commercials. What kind of it, footage was it? It started with something I've seen before, which is like a 30, 20-minute thing, a documentary from maybe the 40s or something about how Raleigh, Raleigh bikes are made in a factory in like Manchester or something. Um, then it was like a weird documentary of a – or it was fake. It wasn't a documentary, but it was like this oldie-timey thing of a woman who's an artist and she's sketching a guy at the Hearn Hill Velodrome in London – Uh, and how she's sketching him. And then there was footage of people doing cyclotouring in England in the 50s. And then they had, for no reason at all, like extensive footage, or at least what it felt like extensive footage to me, of the women's national cyclocross race in England from 1967. Hmm. Like beautifully shot and like looked like 16 millimeter film. This is on the BBC. It was bizarre, and I just could not look you away, say, but I also couldn't you, figure out what was happening. You say, this is the BBC. Like, the BBC has never done anything completely weird and bizarre. No, I, was, I was thinking of a major uh, network in the United States just being, guys, tonight, hour, hour and a half, we're thinking uh, no commercial breaks and just footage of old cyclocross races. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And then there would be, like, clips of cartoons of kids riding bicycles and like old Mickey Mouse things with bikes and stuff. It was, yeah. If anybody can, if anybody can, um, validate my brother's story, then, uh, then please info at speed metal cycling. Be like, yeah, I watched that too. I was high as a kite. Seriously. Someone out there must have seen this. Do kids stay, do do kids stay, say, still say that high as a kite. Do they still say no. that, the kids? They don't know what a kite is. I don't know what a kid is. Mike, you were going to say something, though. I was. Uh, maybe not. No. Uh, back to the Tour de France, though. Uh, yeah, I we think... haven't talked about the race at all. We've talked about pants and the cushion in the semicircle and everything. I know. But, well, uh, and I wanted to bring up that Andy Schleck is made of porcelain because he broke something again. and I don't think you can be a good... Bicycle rider, if you're made out of porcelain. So he's probably on his way out. Cadell Evans is likely on his way out. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Katowski's coming, so I'm I'm fine with that. Oh no, I just it's interesting. Like there's, <laughs> you know, what happens every day when someone drops out? What? Chris, Horn, Chris Horner moves one step up on GC. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, whoever's last moves one. No, step. he's in like 17th place. Yeah, but know, that's why, because like 300 people have dropped out of the race. 300 is not 300. Let's not exaggerate. It's only 30. It's 150. He has, he climbs with his elbows sticking out. Straight out, yep. Straight out? Yeah. Which I now remember is the way that uh, Pacho Rodriguez climbed as well. Hmm. Like he's, he's like going through a bar, like making room, like coming through, coming through. Especially if you're holding a tray of beers. Yeah. So every year, like before Paris-Roubaix, I'm always like, oh, dude, wouldn't it be awesome if it's raining? It's going to be so epic if there's rain. There, there's never rain. And then the day that the Tour de France goes through the cobbles, and I'm like, I don't want there to be a rain because it's going to be a pain enough as it is. All these people are going to crash. It's going to wreck the tour. And then boom, 
it rains. And it looks super epic, except it wasn't epic at all. It was just a friggin' disaster. It wasn't exciting. It was just a disaster. But Lars Bohm is amazing. And Astana did a great job. It was an exciting day, though. Don't you think of racing for being the tour on a flat stage? Well, that's the problem, though, that it was a tour, which means that 95% of the guys in there had never been on, a, on, on cobbles in any kind of competitive way. And the ones that were had weren't prepared for it. It's not like that was their target. So it wasn't a Paris-Roubaix. Oh, of course not. It was much less of it, but it's exciting for a flat day at the tour. Yeah, especially that early on the tour. It was good, but uh, I don't know. Lars Baum was amazing, though. Belkin is like rock and roll. And yeah. yet, they have no sponsor. Uh, they, they will. They will. Uh, stage 7. Did you guys see that? Uh, the Andrew Talansky crash in the finish line? With Garens? Yeah. Yeah. Who's I the- have to say, I know Garens had to apologize because he apparently drifted or whatever, but from the shot from the finish line it looks like Talansky takes a minute to just kind of look around and smell the flowers oh yeah no no he oh, he was not looking where he's going at all not at all and not yet all. it was Garen's had to apologize to him well yeah. because what Talansky did is not against the rules smell the flowers yep you can smell the flowers all you want all you want the problem was that Garen's changed his line and I know what I'm saying in that head on shot you do not see Garen's Shifting all that much. Oh, no, 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 no. He go, he, no, seriously, he shifts a good, like, 10 feet in, like, a matter of half a second. He goes he's, from he's, one he's, end of the he, road to the other. He shifts 10 feet, but Talansky smelled 10 flowers. I think what Talansky said was, like, dude, we were in, we were in, like, 10th spot. We were not, we didn't need to be mixing it up like, like that. Like, that was a little nuts. So I think that was his issue. Well, no, like, I mean, I, I. Eric was third. If I'm Talansky, yeah, I know that's the thing. Like these guys, I, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with them. But that was just sort of seemed to be his reasoning. Right, I think that's his reasoning. And Garens goes, "Yeah, I could have won, maybe. <laughs> I know that to you, it wasn't a big deal. I could have won a stage, maybe. I could have won. Not I could have won a stage, maybe. If I could have won a stage, mate. If your front wheel hadn't gotten all up in my rear wheel, exactly. I thought that was awesome." I don't know whose fault it is. If Talansky would actually have been paying attention, maybe he would have been able to hit the brakes and avoid the whole thing and then yelled at Simon Garrens afterwards and be like, hey, mate, you got in my way, mate. We almost crashed, mate. I but think, he wasn't I think he down. was – he also took – that tumble was pretty bad. Like it wasn't like a slidey road rash. Which oh, was yeah, no. Bad, looked, but it was more like I just came out of a washing machine. Like he <laughs> did like five revolutions on the ground. <laughs> but apparently he was fine after that. I was very amazed. He's not fine anymore. Well, no, that's because he had another crash after that one. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a pretty good uh, tour for the, uh, for the French actually. Uh, Bill Cadry won a stage, and um, there's three Frenchmen in the top ten right now: Bardet and Galopin and uh, Thibaut Pino. And uh, Cocard is second in the points classification, which Sagan is obviously going to win. Does it count if somebody wins something that nobody else wants to win? I guess it does, but like the yellow jersey when Astana was giving it away. Yeah, but that that's that's a little bit better because it's like here you take this for a while and then you're you're right like awesome this is great but like again before before I move on to that let me also say the AG Tour is winning team classification right now so it's been a great tour for the French no but I, like 
Nobody is going to challenge Sagan for the Green Points jersey now. Nobody is. Because nobody cares. So then he's going to win it. And is that really, woo, big deal. You're the only person that cared enough to try? Or is that still good? Because the reason that nobody's trying is because everybody knows how good he is and they're not going to be able to win it? So the thing is that I, I guess the first mountainy stage was the first one in the tour that he arrived not in top or not in the top not five. Not in the top five, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean so that, that's his big ability is that you know, he even if he doesn't win, he's always there. So at this point, what does he have like a trillion points and no one can really challenge him? Like I mean no, it's obviously mathematically they think they can still challenge him. Yeah, I mean he has like a not not a trillion point, but like I don't Like Greipel can get a lot of flat months. stages. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean here's the thing though. Somebody like Greipel Perfect example. If Greipel doesn't see, doesn't think that he's going to be able to win the stage, he's not going to ask his team to get up there and he's not going to try. He'll just be like, ah, whatever, I was 12th, who cares? Sagan, because he's going for the green jersey, is like, I know I'm not going to win, but I'm going to keep trying. That way I can get fourth and then I'll get some points. So nobody's really trying to go for the green jersey except for him. So winning something where you're the only one who's actually really participating. I mean, is that good? I, I, I mean, he's such a tool bag. Have you seen his haircut? It's all big and bushy, right? No, he did. He's doing Wolverine. Oh no! <laughs> from like that, uh, the the what's his name? The Hugh Jackman Wolverine. No, I didn't know that. Oh, I, I put ironically. A, yeah, on, oh, absolutely. He thinks it's the coolest thing ever. Well, hey, he already popped a wheelie. Ah, uh, yeah. Did you see that he did it handless? Handless? No hands. No hands. Yeah. Because his Wolverine claws might come out. <laughs> yeah. What a tool. The mechanics are all bummed. Like, oh, we got to change the bar tape again. The claws came out. <laughs> Douchebag. Incredible uh, talent, but my God. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, obviously, talent doesn't come with good taste or any kind of, I don't know. Tony Martin, huh? Stage 9, more than 50K solo. Yeah, so he won the stage, and Tony Galopin got the jersey. Yes. It was like Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh. Remember Tony, Tony, Tony? Who's the third Tony? Who doesn't? Uh, Tony. Tony Danza. Tony Danza, yes. And then Martin gets a polka dot jersey, which was funny to see. Yes. By the way, Tony Martin drooled <laughs> less than normal, and Tony Gallop on the stage after. Yes, he couldn't. Yeah, him. he couldn't control himself. He was just a faucet. He was like the boogie bass. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah. Ah, Tony Danza. Well. That was the, 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 the day of uh, stage nine was the day of the World Cup final. 
1990, the last time Argentina and Germany were in a World Cup final and Germany won, the stage that day was won by a German. So when Tony Martin won the stage, I thought, that's it. Germany's got the this victory sealed. And guess what? They did. Look at that. Weltmeister. That's all I have to say. And Rodriguez now going for the King of the Mountains. That's interesting. I guess, you know, I don't know how you would translate this in, in, into English, Klaus, but de la el sombrero. Yeah. Of the, of the man who's drowning, let's at least take his hat. Yeah. Let's at least salvage something. Salvage something. So I guess that's what, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. That's for what it. you guys do. You don't have lifeguards down there? I don't know. Not for guys that are wearing hats. <laughs> Just thieves that steal your hat when you're drowning. No, I think that's actually, we do have lifesaver. That's actually what, what the guys say. That actually, you know the motto, like some, like the police stage, like different right. police, they have different hat models. Saver. In He's Italian or whatever. No, it's a lifesaver, but it says on it, it says, at least get the hat. If, if, you can, if nothing else. If nothing Mike, else. For the love of God. Yes. Mike, don't grab laugh. Sub, grab the hat. Yes. Mike, don't laugh. You're being racist. We're oh, culturally I... different. We don't save you. We just steal your hat. It's just different. It doesn't make it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> you're, being, <laughs> you're being very racist right now. By, I'm so sorry. By <laughs> laughing at the fact that someone might steal your hat, you're dying. <laughs> anyway, basically... Meaning that uh, Joaquin Rodriguez was like, listen, my tour is basically done. My, my, my chances for the GC are completely, absolutely non-existent. So let me give this a try. And I think good. I mean, he's a real climber, which means he will, or I mean, at least fight to stay up there for those uh, first cats, which are, I mean, and obviously the HCs are the only ones that really give you any kind of points. The other ones are like... Uh, we give you a point. Like I love that. I think it's the fourth category ones. Just give you one point. Like why even bother giving, making fourth category ones? Like just, it's a point. It's like here, here's a cookie. <laughs> Jesus, did you see how he faded in the last climb? Was it in yesterday's stage? No, he didn't fade. He just put on the brakes. Mother of God, <laughs> that was clearly super steep, and he was cooked because he was like. Oh, he might be able to win the stage. Oh, no, 400K to go. And then he's like 14th. 400 meters. Yeah. But yeah, he said 400K. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. It was unbelievable. I really thought he was going to make it. And, I mean, even when he was like obviously pedaling, it was hard for him to pedal. I didn't realize how slow he was going until Nivali just went, meow, meep, meep, later, yeah. dude. Holy crap. He... Man, that last 300 or 200 oh, meters took, must have been just absolute death. But I also think at the same time that at some point he turns around and sees Nibali coming. He realizes, oh, I'm not going to win this stage, so screw it. Yeah. I'll just turn it no, off. Everyone and, passed him. Yeah, well, that's the difference. But at that point, he's not, he's not Sagan. He doesn't care if he comes in sixth or 97th. I think Sagan might have passed him doing the wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> He lost 17 minutes and 50 seconds. You know it's bad when a climb is steep and he still is, like, just dying from it. Oh, no, but I mean, and he, he had been in the in the break all day. Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah no, yeah. but, I mean, that just gives you an idea of how dead he was. But he's amazing. He's really, really cool. However, if Carlton Kirby tells a story about why his nickname is Purito one more time, I may just have to reach through the internet and choke that man. Oh, but just remember that not everyone's watching every hour of the race. 
Yeah, you're right. I am a loser. If a man is drowning, at least save his cigar. <laughs> save grab, it, grab it before it gets wet. If I'm choking, if I'm choking Carlton Kirby, grab his hat. Have you guys seen pictures of the his custom saddle? Oh, Puritos yeah. or, or yeah. Carlton Kirby's? Puritos, which is the cigar lighting. An exploding the cigar, yeah. 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 It just says, like, kaboom or something. <laughs> it's better than the stupid, like, like uh, uh, Wolverine thing and on, on Sagan's bike or that Chavanel paint job that looks like an Affliction t-shirt was wrapped around his t-shirt, his bike. It's horrible. Well, I don't know. I The worst... The worst uh, saddle I remember was one that Wiggins had maybe two, three, four years ago or something. There was a penis? It was him on a Vespa, like a caricature of him on a Vespa. Oh, yeah, the mod mod father thing. Yes, mod father, yes. (laughs) It was awful, and I can imagine, I mean, you know, all reports point to the fact that Wiggins is not exactly the coolest guy although he really thinks he is he's a bit of a square which is fine he's a professional athlete you know you kind of expect that but i wonder if he's kind of with it enough that he gets that saddle and he's like uh oh that's really awful obviously not obviously not because he he used it but it was like for the tour or something like what if they give you a horrible bike with a paint job that you you don't No, you request those things. Nobody's going to give you something you don't... If you don't request anything, they give you the standard bike and the standard saddle. Nobody's going to be like, hey, dude, I no, did this no, no, for no, 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 I think this is a marketing thing. Do you think that they're like, we really want your input on what the Spartacus thing will look like? Like, I'm sure they just do it and present it to you as like an offering. Uh, like, I think Sagan got to weigh in on what the eyes of the Hulk looked like? Yes. Hulk. When did, I thought it was the I thought it was the Wolverine. The Wolverine. Whatever it was, wasn't it the Hulk? No, it was Terminator last time. Yeah. he was the Terminator. God. Oh right. That guy is such a. He's like a twelve-year-old. He's such a bro. But also, I'm hearing myself say all this, and I realize I think cycling is the worst sport in the world. Yes. Yes. Cyclists are the biggest tools. Dorks. See, they're, they're such dorks. I mean, you're going to tell me you can't, like, just picture this for a second. Close your eyes and imagine a college bar in any, in any college city in the United States, right? And then you see Peter Sagan walk into a bar with, like, faded, like, baggy jeans and sandals and a tight white t-shirt v-neck with a gold chain. And then he raises both hands and then high fives two different dudes on each side. Going, What's up, bro? Where's the beers, man? It's Friday. Woo! That's that. That's See, Peter Sagan. I don't even think they're cool enough to do that. Oh no, I know that. That's he's not. He himself is not cool enough to do that. But that's his personality. That's who he wants to be. He wants to be a bro. Yeah. Dude, let's mash some beers. Let's get some bitches, dude. Dude, he's the Terminator. Terminator, dude. Wolverine, shot, shot, slash the beers, man. And he's going to a keg, dude. He's about as cool as it gets. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Actually, I would much rather deal with the quiet guys that just listen to their. Oh my god, I'm going to tell you who I want to deal with. 
I oh. think I sent both of you guys the the tweet the tweets. I tweeted I tweeted that uh, I can't remember who it was. They did like a little section on like what kind of music you like or whatever. Oh yeah. And some goontown said Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Can you remember who it was? Oh, TJ Van Gardner or something. I was like, what the hell, you fucking loser. That's like the worst <laughs> music ever. This whole like grunge as a style of music that never really even was a style of music. Like Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Like, oh my God, I want to punch you in the face, bro. Hey, bro, why don't we? I'll tell you what we can do, bro. Let's uh, let's get some weed, man. You know, let's hit that bong first. Then we'll go smash some beers. Then you know, we'll hit the town. So that's you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And then as they're going, then uh, Cohen the Court says that he likes Pantera. I had no Metallica, Pantera, and I was like, what? Pantera? Pantera is awesome. So then I tweeted, uh, dude, your new nickname is Cowboy from Hell. And he tweeted back. I love it. I'll take it. Who was the guy from Muscatel that bragged about learning to play a Venom song on guitar and talked about listening to Sepultura and stuff before I, stages. I, I remember that, but I can't even remember who it was. I can't even remember if it was Euskaltel or not. Yeah, I'll have to look for that. But I think that this... Calling the court... I mean, with a name like that, he's awesome. So now he's one of my favorite writers. I never really liked anybody in Giant Shimano. Now I like him. The Cowboy from Hell. And I started following him on Twitter. So, oh, there you go. Cowboy from Hell. Here's something else I was thinking about, guys. Yeah. How come all these watch companies still have, like, the two little hands and the, like, little tick, 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 tick clocks? Why are – is there anybody in the world that still owns a watch that doesn't just tell you the time in actual You mean an numbers? analog watch? Yeah. Why would anybody do that? Why it's like watches are like jewelry. So people like the way they look and they want to have different ones. So people mm. like, for example, uh, like watching 16mm projectors as opposed to Blu-rays. Is that what it is? I don't get it. That's if analog. You wear it around your arm or your neck and it was like – it's jewelry. It's like a ring. This so is what was your point? Wait, did you have a point? Is uh, it a Festina? Did you want to make a point about Festina? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember what it was. No. So the guy who I was thinking of is Inigo Cuesta. Oh, Inigo Cuesta, yes. Who retired, I think, with Caja Rural. And he's like a big, big metal fan. Good for him. I should get him on the phone. Which, any, you know, it's very likely, I suppose, that people who are really into Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots are thinking Sepultura and Metallic and all that. That's the worst type of music. That's total crap. Yeah, obviously, yeah. they don't know anything about music, obviously. But they know about watches. What if they're watch collectors and they only collect analog ones? You know what it's like maybe having um, – well, there's a performance difference. But having a manual versus uh, an automatic car. Mm. There you go. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. I, I still think that like – I mean a manual like uh, 
you, you have a lot more control over what the car does. But, yeah, maybe that's what it is. And, you know, I could see somebody making the argument, dude, if there's such a thing as an automatic car, why wouldn't you But here's the thing. Own an if you can drive a manual, you can drive anything. So you're prepared. If you can read a normal watch, then you can read any watch. Oh, I can. I know how to count. If you only grew up with a digital watch and an automatic car, you're hamstrung. <laughs> you're automatically at a disadvantage in life. It takes me a while to tell what time it is in a, in, in a clock like that, which is why I always wear my watch when I go to the gym because they only have the old school clocks, which really pisses me off, obviously. Uh, but then it makes my watch sweaty, which bothers me quite a bit. So maybe you're right. Maybe I should learn how to do it as opposed to having to be like one, two, right. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight <laughs> times five is 40. All right, 40. So then this one is between six and seven. So it's... 640. That's how long it takes me. Because it's retarded. There's no reason to have that. We've so moved past that as human beings. Who I think that yeah, continuing to wear an analog watch is a slap in the face of every human being that has made strides to get us away from the Stone Age. You might as well be punching Tesla in the face. This is the second reference to punching someone in the face. I I, I, I like punching I, people in the face. No, I don't. I, I used to, I but not anymore. Anyway, dude, this has been way too much talk about watch. Fix it in post. No, I won't. But um, Tour de France. Back to the Tour de France. I, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about Contador. No, well, that's what I, that's that's where I was or, going. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I mean, the, the Froome-Contador um, situation, unless you guys want to talk about either of them specifically, for, as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I know a lot of people are looking at it as an opportunity for a lot of people to step up. Uh, I just think that now it's – Nivoli is just going to dominate this tour and it's going to be incredibly boring. What do you think? Mm. It could. I'm, it could. I'm hoping someone will do something crazy Yeah. try. But do you think that anybody's going to have the strength and the team to be able to challenge Vincenzo Nibali now? I think more than like, it's more possible that he'll have a bad day and mm. really just. But then don't you, wouldn't you be a little upset? Because I know that I'm, I would. If Vincenzo Nibali loses the tour, not because there's somebody out there that is better than him, but because he couldn't cut it. And then he's going to end up in the hands of uh, Chris Horner. A Chris Horner. <laughs> he or, quietly is moving. Or, uh, every day. Or a Richie Port. Yeah. Darth Vader with the helmet off. Just and, keeps moving on in. In Formula One, they always they always say like, you know, we were seventh, but we kept going because you never know. There could be an accident. And <laughs> so Chris Horner is like, I'm 14th right now, but I'm going to keep going because you never know. The 13 guys in front of me could yeah. retire tomorrow. Nobody knows. Why not? So more important than any of this or who's going to win the race, what do you guys think of the Ridley paint jobs in the uh, Lotto Bellasol bikes? Don't like. You don't like it? Why? No. Well, that's too plain. I, I know have- what it is. It's throwback. I wish I don't like the typeface on it, and it looks weird when the tube shapes are so crazy. It looks like a one of Prince's guitars. I mean, a for effort, but I just didn't like the design. I agree with Klaus that uh, the font, I think, is the problem. The the shape of the tube obviously makes it look weird. Mm, Yeah, Um, from far away, they look 
really, really good. But uh, the brand it, isn't even super old either. It's not like they have a deep well of well, yeah, but just to draw. On. I don't care about that part. Did I you guys see that um, when when Martin won the the Omega team was uh, bikes said instead of specialized they said uh, we win hashtag we win really yeah no that was that was a bit much wow that's weird. it was crazy they replaced the logo name with giant letters hashtag we win and the so, and the I in win was a red number one. What? Wait, yeah. so the day after, all the frames were different because of yeah. that? Yeah, I'm like, somebody obviously planned this. Number two, you, it's like, calm down, you want a stage. It's like, what are you doing with your bikes? Like, you don't get to do that. So it was, a to me, obviously a marketing-driven thing. Oh, of yeah, course. It was, a little ballsy. They were supposed to alternate, I guess, for all the days that Cavendish was going to win. <laughs> right. And now they're like, well, let's at least use them once. Wow, I did not notice that. Also, did you guys know that Adam Hansen holds his cleats and plays into his homemade shoes with, like, string? That doesn't surprise me one bit. It's a little over the top. Uh, Yeah, so back back to the Ridley bikes. Uh, Yes, I agree with Klaus. I think it's the typeface that bothers me. It's too heavy. It's too modern. It's just, it should not have been. But I think it's a good idea. And like you said, Mike, I mean, A for effort. Definitely, they, they, they tried it. They they tried something nice and I don't know. So the rest of the tour, you guys looking forward to this uh, after this uh, beautiful rest day that we had today? Yes, I mean yeah. Any, <laughs> I mean there's a lot. There's a lot of after first place. There's a lot. It's close. Richie Port, Valverde. I mean they're, they're you know two through I don't know ten is not that far apart. Two through eight maybe. Maybe I even two fourteen with Chris Horner. Two through, two through Horner. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Horner. Chris Horner moving up, uh, but Talansky could go for a stage. Uh, what's going on with TJ Van Garderen? He's like alive. Yeah, but he he crashed at some point, right? And like they had some problem with uh, they had some problem with BMC. Like the team had a problem, or something. I can't even remember what it was. I don't know. He's this tour has been so... sleep, from what I can tell. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know exactly why. And I was actually telling the wife earlier today. I just I kind of lost interest when Contador, when I saw him get in the car, I was just like, oh, there goes the tour. And it's not that I'm necessarily a huge Contador fan or anything, but after Froome and Contador go, then it's like, what, why do I care now? Like, Nibali is so strong. His team is so strong. There's amazing riders. There's Scarponi. There's... Who is riding for Nibali? He might be second. What if they get a, the old one-two? There's Chris Horner. Chris Horner. Chris Horner, who is riding for Rui Costa, who's like <laughs> fifth now or whatever. It's, it's, just, it's no good. You know it's, it's no, no good. good. Who else? Who else is there? Nobody else is there, dude. There's nobody else. Please. What if Nibali gets a... Roman Bardet, that, that's who's What there. if he gets a stomach bug? And Roman Bardet wins the, wins the Tour de France? Yeah. Oh my God, what if a French guy finally wins the Tour and it's because everyone else loses? What if Pierre Rolla, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know the French would celebrate and they should and it'd be great, but what if the, what if the podium is Pierre Roland, Roman Bardet, and Bryce Failure? <laughs> yeah, something totally ridiculous. 
Uh, the only person left was Chris Horner, who comes in something, fourth. Something totally ridiculous like Johan van Sommeren winning a classic. Exactly. Yeah. Just ask Stuart O'Grady. But Stuart O'Grady, well, I don't know. <laughs> he I did just, more with his life than win Paris. TJ Van Garderen is in seventh place. TJ, oh, that's exciting. What's Rui Costa? Nine. Nine. And, and uh, Chris Horner? 17. 17. What? Seven minutes back. Oh, only seven minutes? Yeah. Oh, he can make that up in quick. Uh, what's the name of that one climb in the Tour of California? Old Wollonga Diablo. Hill. Oh, that's Diablo. Diablo or whatever. I don't know. Ooh, I don't if there's a McDonald's over there, it'll be fine. <laughs> that's right. There's a McDonald's at the top. Is there McDonald's in France? I can't remember. Oh, yes, yeah, there, there is. is. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. And they're very yes. nicely appointed, too, the ones I've seen. They have beautiful Eames furniture inside. It's quite different. They do not. <laughs> I swear, in Paris, the, I the saw... The servers, the servers. Analog really clocks nice. everywhere. No, 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 no. Analog clocks. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They have the, you know, the, whatever. It doesn't matter. The fiberglass... Analog clocks. I just heard you say So, the... <laughs> They keep it classy over there. Do you guys know who the who the Lantern Rouge is? Uh, is it the Chinese guy? G. It is the Chinese guy. Yeah, Ji Zheng, Zheng Ji. Ji Zheng, Ji Zheng. Well, if you learn, if you want to learn how to say that, we have him himself saying it, courtesy to of Matt, Mr. Ren, Matt Rendell. Renz, Renzel. Renzel. <laughs> Renzel. Was it um, Ted King briefly though before he quit? He went home. Yeah, Ted King went home. Now, was he in last place? I don't know if he was ever in last place. I believe he was. But I don't know if he was – I don't know if he retired after. He wrote a blog Lantern post about Rouge. it today. You can read it about how hard it was. Being yeah. Lantern Rouge or being behind a Chinese Yeah, guy. just being unable to like stay with the race is how, <laughs> how demotivating that is. Yeah, he, he is like, just when a Chinese finish a tour. Yeah, he's like when a Chinese guy is in front of you, you just want to go home. It's demoralizing. He might as well have been a delivery man for a Chinese restaurant. When he was the say, Chinese guy was seven minutes in front of him after yesterday. Really? Yeah. Seven, sorry, seven seconds. Sorry, oh, seven. Seven. Well, seven. Imagine if you're Ted King and Chris Horner, a guy that gets AARP mail <laughs> in his inbox, is and he's riding with one lung. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? That's not right. These guys must be exhausted. Yeah, yeah. You think? Because I'm exhausted, and all I do is watch it. <laughs> it's too long it's too long you know what we need we need you know how arena football takes american football but puts it in a smaller context so it's more exciting and there's more scoring we just need like arena cycling but not track cycling i know that would be the equivalent but just stages that are like 15 minutes yeah yeah you get these guys on some trainers in a gymnasium for like yes. three and a half hours and then you have them do the last 30k if, yeah, I say twenty k. Yeah, twenty k straight uphill. You just put Chris Horner on his walker, have him run around circles around the gym while the others are on the trainer, and see where he goes. <laughs> Why not? That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, guys, uh, I don't have anything else to say about clocks or watches. I have a huge announcement to make. Huge? Yes. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. Okay. What is- is it a uh, small announcement? Mar- no, I just read this online. Mario Cipollini has a new bike coming out, and it's called the Nuke. I, yes, I saw that. 
N U K E. I can't even believe whoever is doing his marketing and design is a freaking genius. <laughs> N U K E. Yes. But what I like, I don't know if you saw, there's a marketing image that they have where it's like a painted warning sign on the floor. Exactly. <laughs> read it. Do you, are you looking at it? Because read it out loud. Hold on, hold on. Because it's phrased kind of funny. Oh, here. It okay, says, wait. Wait. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, the sign, it's like painted warning sign on the floor. It says, alert, this is nuke. Approach carefully. <laughs> oh, yeah, approach. Don't run in the other direction at 100 miles an hour. Just approach carefully. Just be careful. <laughs> this is nuke. And I mean, I get it. It's a bike. Like if you said, this is a nuke. Like, no, or whatever. <laughs> bike, but it should be like, this is, you. when you see it, it looks like you should say, this is a nuke. Or this is a and nuclear then, device. And then approach carefully is also kind of funny, I think. And then it says nuke explosive potential. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much they can do with this. And then this, it'll probably glow in the dark. Like it will probably not just be high vis, but it will probably glow in the dark, dark. and be sort of radioactive. That's I, my prediction. Sort of. But so here's the thing: the ad says alert. This is nuke. Approach carefully. Oh, here. Then it under it it says nuke, explosive potential. And then under it says is coming. Period. Is coming. Get ready, yep. period. I, if it comes with a Geiger counter. <laughs> instead, of a, instead of a bike computer. Like it's, oh, it's, a Garmin, it's a Garmin Geiger counter. Oh. Alert. Anyway, is there anything else you guys would like to say about the Tour de France or anything else that is going on in cycling or – not cycling. I just wanted to congratulate the German national team for making me very, very happy last Sunday. But uh, World Cup fever. World Cup fever has been cured. I saw the final, and it really wasn't that bad of a game. Uh, so I'm happy about that. So you, did you see the the you know the picture of the guy that scored the goal? Did you see that picture of him on a boat with a big boner? No. <laughs> what? I did not. Yeah, I guess. Previous to this, like a year or so ago, he was photographed on a boat with a. It's pretty fright. It's like was yeah. it his boner? Yeah, he didn't borrow someone else's and put it in his shorts. <laughs> I, well, maybe it was there was a second person involved. Oh, yeah, in the you, you said with a boner, he could have been. He could have been doing something by, with someone else's by another gentleman with a boner. Yeah, his name is Gotze. Yeah, Gotze. I'll send you guys the picture. He's a kid. He's 21 years old. He's amazing. No, I mean, if you think about it, you remember when you were 21? Imagine scoring the goal that basically gets your country their fourth World Cup, and that's huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. just wait till you see this picture. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Boner. <laughs> Boner. <laughs> there you go. Ah, uh, that poor kid. That is it, I think. And... Uh, We'll be back after the tour is done with, probably, unless we feel that we should talk about anything else crazy. Oh, Dennis Menchov. I want to talk about Dennis Menchov. I forgotten that he was even alive, and now he's been... We'll talk about that next time. I'll just say this. Talk about the uh, Chronicle of a Death Foretold. Yeah, I know. There were, I mean, everyone knew something was going to happen with him, but... It was known 
even what races the positives were in. I mean, this was known. We were joking about it on the podcast. Like episode 60. Retired. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, Menchov is done with and done for. And uh, Mike, Klaus, thank you very much, guys. You guys are always awesome and always take time to uh, come on and talk to me and whatever. So here's some anthrax. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>